Today's reading is Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Gracious and loving God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. Now, I'm tempted to start this sermon by saying, this is my favorite scripture. <laughs> but I know I've said that about other scriptures, so I guess it's a pastor thing. I, I don't know. Don't you love this scripture? This scripture that talks about how God made each and every one of us. God knows each and every one of our hearts. That we were knit together in our mother's wombs, and God knew us even then, even as we were being formed. I am so grateful for a God that knows me so intimately. Intimately, like really intimately, like, like even the things that I don't want to admit to myself. God knows. I told you last week a story about going to the supermarket with my clergy collar on and making sure I was on my best behavior. This week I'm going to tell you a story. I got really angry at my cat who pooped behind my chair. And I let out a primeval grrr, loud enough probably for the neighbors to hear, and I'm pretty embarrassed about that. But at the same time, I know that my God knows that about me, that I had that moment of anger. You could call it weakness. That, that moment where I 
I needed to come back to myself and realize that God's love governs everything, governs everything in my life. The reason that I think that this scripture is so precious is because this God is inescapable. That's the subtitle in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible this week, where it starts this passage, this Psalm 139. It says, the inescapable God. God knows us. Whither we go, whither we flee, our God is there. And that's a very good thing. I like that God is inescapable. I like that God loves me even when I can't love myself, even when I don't think others love me. You know, that's true so often in our society. When we think about children who are bullied, when we think about people who have problems with depression because they think no one loves them and they can't love themselves. But God knows the truth about us, doesn't God? That we are perfect, created perfect. And I know that sometimes that doesn't seem to be true in our human lives when things go wrong, when, when we yell at our cat, <laughs> when we have physical maladies that, that don't seem like this body is working quite right. So one of my questions for you in our quarterback this week is to think about how can we as human beings who are imperfect carry out God's perfect plan, God's perfect plan of love and grace throughout this community especially. And so that speaks to my theme for this season, which is who are we and whose are we? It's a really wonderful opportunity we have in front of us here to think intentionally about who are we and whose we are. Because I have just come here, so we have this, this opportunity for us to get to know each other and to think about, now, who are we? Who is she? Who is that person? How are we perceived in the community? And our lay leader, our co-lay leader, Jane Broderick, has been leading these snack and chat opportunities for us to gather together and talk about who we are. And you know, one of the questions that she has been asking at each of these is, who do you think, or what do you think we are known for in the community? And of course, it comes down to what we think we are known for in the community. I'm going to tell you this quote. And, and this speaks to how we feel about ourselves and also how we are known in the community. There's, Thomas Cooper says this. He says, we are not who we think we are. You hear that? We are not who we think we are. And we are not who others think we are. We are not who others think we are. Who we are is who we think others think we are. You follow? We are who we think others think we are. That's a little mortifying. If I think about that, I think about who I am on Facebook, right? The kinds of things that other people are posting about me or I'm posting about myself on Facebook. And I try to put out this happy, ha, this joyful person. But there are moments when I yell at my cat. <laughs> there are moments when I'm not that happy person, but God knows that. God knows who I am. So we may think certain things about our church, but there are moments that that's not true. 
right? There are moments when we're struggling. Anyway, to go back to that idea of those snack and chats where we're learning and we're talking about who we perceive the community thinks we are, there are about five sort of major categories that all of these things fit into. And one of them is that we think we are known for our children's program. The things that fell under that category are things like VBS and youth mission trips and our Sunday school and the ways we've reached out in the past. And some of you might think, well, that's not what I think. We've got a declining children's program. How can we be known for that? And some of you are thinking, yeah, some of you like me. When I was here in 2002, my memory of this place is sitting in the parlor on the floor making uh, decorations for VBS. So I love that idea that some people think that that's our identity. Who we are to the community is our children's programs. Some people think we are known for our physical plan, our large parking lot, the beautiful spire we once had. You might think that too, or you might not. Some people think we are known for our wonderful music program, our really wonderful music program, our fantastic organist, our amazing praise band, our beautiful choir, our handbell ringers. But you just heard Ben talk about a decline in the choir program, right? So maybe you don't think that. I do have to tell you, though, that I served a church in Leiden, Massachusetts, where the choir consisted of one member. And the way that worked was she sang, and the organist sang, and the pastor sang in three-part harmony with me singing the tenor part up an octave. So we sounded like one of those sister groups back in the 50s. So they would think, wow, look at this choir, it's huge. So sometimes it's a matter of perspective, right? But you know what? And there are a couple of other things, too. I think one of the other things was um, all of sort of the outreach things we do, the Christmas fair and the, the um, alternative giving fair and the, the meals that we once had. That was another one of those categories. So the thing is, though, that we're in charge of the narrative. We get to be the ones who talk about it. And if we let the people talk about it who are talking about decline or um, concerns about the finances, and that is all the story that's being told, that's gaslighting, right? Then that becomes our story. I don't think that's God's story for us. I think God's story is that God is delighted with us. Did you hear those lines in that first hymn? That first beautiful hymn that talked about how God loves us no matter what and through all of these times the times when we are huge and growing and the times when we are struggling but God knows about our potential when we get into the Advent season you're gonna hear me say one of my favorite phrases which is pregnant with possibilities we are pregnant with possibilities. There is so much that we have no idea how it's going to go, but God is with us, and it will be wonderful. We have potential. We have the potential to grow and to reach people in this community who do not currently know the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. You know, there's this song that Mark Miller has written. Some of you might know Mark Miller if you've attended annual conference. He's a really wonderful musician. Um, 
He's written this song, and his specific intent with this was to address um, the church's the church's terrible actions on the LGBTQ inclusion. And what he says is, no matter what, no matter what the church does, or what the church says, you are a child of God. No matter what, okay, so then he did the other verses go like this. No matter what people say, say or think about you you are a child you are a child of god and then he goes on and there is nothing and no one that can separate you from the love of god Doesn't that just strike you? Do you hear Romans 12 in that? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate this church from its potential. Its ability to grow and to serve and to meet the needs of the people in this community. To reach out to those people who need to see the love of God. So let's change that narrative. Let's begin to realize that what we think other people think of us is that we are those people who want to serve God. We are those people who want to, listen to this, resist injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. I hope you all know that phrase. I'm going to wear it on my t-shirt next week if you don't. It's part of our baptismal vows that we resist injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Okay? Absolutely. That we are a church that is able to grow, able to love, and there's nothing that can keep us from doing that. So when we're talking about who we are, we are those people. When we talk about whose we are, we are getting together in these opportunities, these nests, these spiritual groups to remember whose we are. We are God's. That God who knows us, who loves us, who knit us together in our mother's womb and only wants the best for us. So join me, won't you, in thinking intentionally about our identity, who we are and whose we are. And as we, we take on this day, this day, which is our kind of our soft open, to our kickoff next week, our homecoming next week, when we can all gather together and think about who we are and think about the ministries we do and how we can reach the people of this community. Let's do that together. Let's understand our our identity together as those people who love God out there on Clinton Street. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.